Yeah, and so anyway, I said to Weber, perhaps it is you who... Oh, no. Seb, you idiot, you knocked over that drink. It was not my fault. It was Kvyat. He was too close to me. He came brushing past me like a torpedo. He's on the other side of the room. No, but he... It, it, but whose drink was this anyway? I don't know. Oh, God, no! Kimmy, no! I'll get you another one! Oh, my God, Kimmy, no! Have mercy, please, not the face! Oh, Kimmy! Hello and welcome to The Gareth Jones on Speed. I am The Gareth, he's The Zog. Hello. He's The Richard. Hello. The Formula One season is well underway with The Mercedes leading the championship, but the wrong Mercedes driver, unless you're Zog. Because you quite like Nico, don't you? I do quite like Nico. I'm more of a Hamilton fan. I'm just wondering, at what point in this season is Lewis something going to think, hang on a minute, he's got a bit of a lead on me, I really need to get moving, I need to well, get some I think money. now would wow. be a good yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He seems to have been very, very relaxed about Rosberg winning race after race on the trot. Yeah, now is about the time when well, he should be... Uh, theories on that one he's psychologically in a good place and it's okay he's not going to go to pieces over it this early in the season but two doesn't want to give him the satisfaction Mm because Rosberg sometimes has that chilling calmness to him Halton tends to be a bit more emotional but he doesn't want to give Rosberg the satisfaction of falling apart at the seams this early in the season so he's bloody well not going to and I think the word you'd reply to him in the post-race interview that I saw after China was sanguine Mm, nice "Eh." use of just you know luck wasn't with me so anyway we move on I think the fact that Lewis is so chilled at the moment is probably his problem <laughs> if he was a bit more uptight about it he might be able to achieve more to be fair well, no, I don't know about that. No, I think he's he, been unlucky yeah, yeah he has been a bit unlucky and I think he does have an edge on Rosberg mm-hmm. he is a better driver I think and so I could quite understand him getting a couple of wins down and still thinking, well, yeah, that's OK. I know, given the rest of the season, I'll overtake him. But I mean, let's cu- be honest, they, that they cu- charge through the pack in the Chinese Grand Prix, the bit where he overtook Bottas and sort of pushed him to the fringes of the track, yeah. but you saw the in-car, he's coming in at one hell of a speed and out-breaking him, and then he's got a flurry of oversteer to deal with, which he just, bonk, yeah, corrected I- lock, sorted out. That's not a man who's too relaxed in the car. That's a man who's... <laughs> Lewis is the last of... The late breakers of all of them. He is the last one to put his foot on the brake when you're supposed to. And it's great to see him driving through the pack. I was chuffed that he was at the back. Oh, great. You know, there's going to be some overtaking. Yeah, you're guaranteed some overtaking action if Lewis is starting at the back. There's no question. But it didn't work out because of the melee that he was caught up in. But there was other argy-bargy in that race as well. And not just on the track. We'll come to the argy-bargy after the race. But to Ferrari's meeting in the first first corner, which is what led to the argy-bargy after the race. That's not what you want to happen, is it, Richard? What, two Ferraris crashing into each other? Well, no, I'd imagine if you're Ferrari, (laughs) that's really annoying. But, um, (laughs) no, I think this is actually, just to go back to what you were saying, this is a really good idea if they want to look at how to revamp qualifying in a more interesting way. Just keep putting Hamilton and Vettel at the back (laughs) because it seems to make them angry, and when they're angry, my God, they scythe through the pack. It's extraordinary. Vettel was on it as well, wasn't he? Angry Vettel. It's funny, you know, we hear about the importance of qualifying, the important of qualifying position, but it is remarkable when you stick Vettel or Hamilton at the back of the field 
how often it actually doesn't seem to make that much difference to where they finish in the race. They'll always be on the podium. Yeah. 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 Even Button as well. Well, actually, we can't say that at the moment, but there was a period when Button had a decent McLaren and, yeah. and could do that as well, like that famous... So it, here it is helps if you have a supercar to do all this. Yeah. Thing, but, uh, Here's a question for you, though, because I was thinking about this on Sunday. If circumstances had been different and it was Rosberg who was down on his luck and ended up right at the back of the pack in that Mercedes, do you think he would have cut through the crowd in the way that Hamilton did? Because I find myself wondering whether he would. No, I don't think he would. No, he doesn't have quite Hamilton's ability to... Invent to, to overtaking make places you know, where there are brilliant split-second decisions and moves. Didn't but, he win at Monaco last year? Didn't he go win at Monaco in 2015? I think he did, didn't he? So I remember there was a period when he was in Williams where he was always making mistakes at Monaco. You know, he'd be flying, 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 then hit the wall, or flying, 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 and, oh, he's off in Bahrain. You know, Nico is every bit as quick as Lewis but he's not as consistent as Lewis he's capable of making mistakes I think that's the key difference between them he's well, got better I, hair as well but Lewis is capable of making mistakes when the car is right when the conditions are right and when he's starting in front of the grid Rosberg can drive a flawless race and you just may not be able to catch him because there's just no catching him but to fight back from further in the field that's where Lewis is going to come into his own because he's a better fighter he's got more yes it's that isn't it it's just being a fighter he's got sharper racing instincts Uh, since we're talking about Rosberg and we're laying a big downer on him how long has he been in F1 uh, let me think about this he won the inaugural GP2 championship in 2005 I think I'm going to have to look this up. Well, we should. He's been an F1 driver for 10 years. So answer me this. Why does he still struggle to get out of a Formula One car? (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen someone make such a hash of it. I always think, that's what I do getting out of a Formula One car. Oh, I forgot to unplug this. Oh, my drinking tube. Sunday, he once again made a royal hash of it. And then he wandered off without his gloves and his helmet. And they had to bring him to him. And it's just like, you're a Formula One driver. This is part of your job. I'm still waiting to see an F1 driver sprinting away from the car and then suddenly do the comedy falling over feet first because they're still attached by a wire. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, to well, he didn't complete the job. Like you say, he started to take his helmet off and got out of the car That's right, yes. wearing his lid half on his head, which you should never do, Bill. Yeah, it's a bad you luck. never do that. It's a, luck. Yeah, it's a bad luck. What was he thinking? There is a routine. You remove the foam protector, the blue foam protector, or whatever foam that is, row cell. You unclip your radio feed and your water feed and then you undo your seatbelt so then the steering wheel and you get out it's like yeah. you've forgotten how to do that but that's the thing it's like Hamilton, Vettel, Raikkonen any of the other ones they seem to have got that in some kind of set order and they do it not just quickly but with elegance so then they're in the car they're out of the car they're jumping up and down with delight because they've just won the race Rosberg it's like Frank Spencer in there just <laughs> go do Betty my drinking tube and it's just <laughs> awful and it's every time uh, that's the one reason I keep thinking oh I hope Rosberg's on the podium so we can watch him make a complete balls up of the simple job of getting out of his own car tell you what he looked a bit spotty on Sunday you see Rosberg oh he's a bit of a rash dietary requirements has he been in flights a long time he was covered in spots he's a bit old for that now I isn't he really, I hadn't noticed that no. it's the stress of leading the world championship that's, that's right it's, it's he's brought so him out in hives exactly yeah. <laughs> he's not cut out for it yeah. I have to say just in his defence I have been on a downer with Rosberg recently but I did remember I think a couple of years ago I went to the Goodwood Festival of Speed and I was at a thing he did a sort of per 
personal appearance and I was in the room when he did it and he's really good in the room he was charismatic he was likeable he was yeah. he was quite charming in three languages if you yeah know, exactly which yeah. takes some doing to be charming in any language but <laughs> I thought he was good in a room but he's not good at getting out of a car I just rather it wasn't him winning Given the choice, rather it was Hamilton and yeah. or Vettel or Raikkonen or Ricardo. See, that's the thing. Give or, it, or Vettel? Give, give Would it, you rather give it Vettel races? Than, than, than I don't know. Get... Vettel, his time at Ferrari is really down on his luck. Vettel is much more likable than supremely dominant Vettel. Definitely. Mm. See mm. also Alonso. Yeah, a little hardship does him good. <laughs> Ausgrotum! Dat is de time this week, wat my rider Pam Morris been off the pace and then broken down. How am I ever going to achieve perfection for the grass area here in my garden? Why did I buy a Honda? Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn, and his half-cut lawn. His Honda more has gone wrong, he wishes he had a Merc one. Things aren't going well for Stoffel van Dorn. Step Petrol, with Gareth Jones on speed! I think the two best bits of the Chinese Grand Prix 2016 were both attributable to Mr Vettel who surprised us in two ways first of all when the pace car came out and everyone dashed into the pits Vettel overtook two people on the entry to the pit oh yes I forgot about that bless him for that that's Schumacherian can we say Schumacherian is that a word Schumacheresque Schumacherian 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 very very good but perfectly within the rule yeah Yeah. Yeah. and we admire him for that I know well it was I just thought which is also actually rather Schumacherian knowing the rules well enough to know that you can do this thing not everyone might be aware of it good for him just at spoke volumes about that general level of furious determination that had infested him after his coming together with his own teammate Mm. he was just a man on a mission and that included on the way into the pits you just go a lot of drivers wouldn't have thought of that no that yeah, was yeah. shockingly good actually it made me gasp nothing wrong with Formula 1 when bits like that make you go oh, what's he doing oh, it's fine oh, ah. the other moment which Vettel gave us which was very entertaining was in the room of awkwardness when we had Kvyat Nico and Vettel in the room together that's a new combo a new mm. dynamic and I think it was a bit elbows out for Vettel I think he was trying to make a point to Kvyat who is of course in some ways his successor or one of his successors as a Red Bull driver and he was playing almost the don't you know who I am kind of It was card. that. See, that was... It well, was a bit, you know... He spoke to Rosberg in German, didn't he? Yeah. Which was almost a bit like, you can't understand this, Rusky boy. Because if you notice, also, Vettel sort of, in the past when it's been Hamilton, Rosberg and Vettel in the past couple of races or whenever it was, that Vettel will sort of talk cheerily in English to Hamilton and mm-hmm. say, oh, hello, yes. my maiden. Uh, yeah. well, what about that Monty Python skin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, don't we? But I thought if he hadn't been in a right old mood with Kvyat, it would have been quite nice if he'd have come in and started talking in Russian just to try and ingratiate himself to another driver as well but no because he got all peevish and I said on Twitter mm-hmm. it seemed to me like he's like a sort of self-righteous dad in a supermarket car park remonstrating
remonstrating with a youth in a baseball cap driving a Saxo, going, do you know how fast you just went yeah. past me there? Yeah. How dare you? You know you could have run somebody over. Yeah. That was just irresponsible and bloody silly. Yeah, that's a very good analogy, because if it had been Hamilton who'd done that, or if mm. it someone else, I don't think he would have had the same kind of... Charitable rank. I think he was, yeah, what do you but mean, what do you mean like trying to do that to me, you reckless mm. young thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And to be fair, he was going for a gap. Yeah. that was there and that's what yeah. happens in first corners exactly. when everybody closes up and uh, it's for this that the words racing incident were yeah. born and I think Kvyat held his own beautifully he responded pretty <laughs> really well he said, he said if I'd stayed on the same line he said well don't stay on the same line don't yeah. go yeah, it yeah. was bleeding obvious yeah. you know and then because we didn't Kvyat go yeah, and I'm on the podium. Yeah, no, it was just yeah, such a brilliant, brilliant sort of stroppy teenage answer. Yeah, screw you, Grandad. I'm on the podium. Uh. <laughs> but it was the wrong Daniel in that room, really. It should have been the other one. It should have been Ricky Dicky Dicky Kiki 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 mostly had a terrific race. Yeah. yeah. It's just that was classic bad luck, poor bloke. But then I saw in the post race interview on the Sky coverage, the first time was interviewing, I can't remember who it was, went Daniel, still smiling. And I thought, he doesn't know anything else. He can't not do this. He's got some special gene that makes it impossible for not to grin like somebody who's just taken drugs at a music festival. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine going to a music festival and finding him there on one? Yeah. Imagine how wide that smile would be. That, I would love to see that. I think, I think that just the top of his head would just fall off. <laughs> yeah. just split all the way around. Like the Canadian characters in South Park. Yes. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. The head hinges at that point. Oh, I reckon Vettel was actually overcompensating. I think he was taking it out on Kvyat because he was aware that he'd made a mistake, particularly as he collided with his teammate, not just another car. And I think he was kind of overcompensating. He's kind of sort of, oh, look at that over there. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Diverting attention. Well, I'd have to to watch this back again to be sure, but I remember watching a replay after the race of what happened there at that first corner and thinking that Vettel did sort of overreact a bit. Mm -hmm. There was room Hmm? for Kvyat's car. And Vettel sort of went, and did a big old swerve to the left and Mm -hmm. that smacked into Raikkonen. That race was statistically very interesting. Despite all the carnage, and there was repeat, carnage all 22 cars finished and there have only been six races I believe in F1 history correct me if this is wrong where all the starters finished that's incredible isn't it how the heck did yeah, that and it's a tremendous testament to the reliability the engineering of the current generation you know mm. for whatever else you might criticise them for really the reliability of the cars is extraordinary given what you're asking them to do mm. and in the end how little metal and other material you've got to make the stuff that does all that the heavier it is the more durable it is the lighter it is the less durable it's going to be so let's take a moment to respect the engineering that's going into these things yeah it's quite mind-boggling and of course it meant that the Haas team both cars finished for the first time this season I know we're only three races in but there we go good for them but not and I missed this from this race not Grosjean finding himself in a position even he can barely believe yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going oh my god yeah. this is so good and he was actually right at the back having a horrible well, horrible weekend I think generally wasn't he he wasn't so cheery it's in- yeah. interesting that Grosjean we've always thought has had a decent car for the last few years in the Enstone team they should be able to produce cars and yeah he's finishing an awful lot better in a brand new team than Enstone are managing at the moment I'm not mocking Enstone I love them to bits but it's kind of ironic how much of it is beginner's luck though really can Haas be doing that good a job well they are doing a very good job you can't argue with the mm. results they've had in those first three races they have been a little bit lucky maybe the safety car and making the call not to come in when 
anyone else had gone in. Certainly helped them. But you need more than just luck. Mm-hmm. They've done a great job. They got a couple of breaks and they've reaped the rewards. So I think they fully deserve the points they've got so far. And I hope they get more. I seem to remember when what was called Lotus Racing, the team that became Caterham, first appeared. Their first couple of races were quite handy. They did better than everyone was expecting and I think there's a sort of a blind faith that can get you through a couple of races. Oh, it's going to be fine. Don't think about what you're taking on. You know, the might of McLaren, the might of Ferrari, the strength in depth of Williams. Don't even think about that. Just go out there and do what you can. And, oh, and brilliant. We're overseas. Well. It's great. It's really hot. I'm going to send a postcard. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, we've got six points. And then all of a sudden they look down and, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah, I think that's what yeah. happens for season two. It's like they say about albums, isn't it? The difficult second album, because most musicians have had their entire life to write the first album. And then they had 12 months to write the second album, and for seven months of that, they were on tour anyway. So the second season is going to be far more difficult for Haas. Yeah, we'll see. But it's terrific that they've made a success of it so far. And obviously they've had a lot of help from Ferrari. But they've been smart in how they've set that team up, and where they've put their resources and what they've concentrated on doing. They've had Delara build them a good shot and they've got a good engine for Ferrari they've had other help from Ferrari and if they'd designed their own chassis for this year I'm sure they wouldn't be doing as well mm-hmm. they've looked at what resources they can put into their first season and they've been smart about where they've put their effort in so and it's working out so yeah I think you know we all kind of warm to them you know Gene is a good guy I like the fact and, he's know, so Californian as well yeah. it's just great was that him on the radio as the race ended well it was just before it ended with Grosjean saying should I retire the car I think it was him on the radio going don't retire the car <laughs> don't, re- don't, no, don't retire the car. Oh. No, it's okay, Romaine. Just you retire when you want. Retire at forty-five if you want. Just consider your stock options, and then maybe you know, just buy a Harley and move up to Big Cruiser Sur. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just some surfing. This is the burning question: Is Haas possibly our favourite team in Formula One at the moment? I think if they'd had Wouldn't another, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe I'm sick. This is a mazzing moment then that would probably seal the deal for me. So the next race is a decider for me on early season, whether I really, really like her. I mean, I do. I really like yeah. I spent a long time on Sniff Petrol sort of last year, completely misrepresenting Gene Haas as this sort of caricature of a good old boy from the South. And then <laughs> bothered to pay attention to what he's actually like. And it turns out he's much better than that because he's kind of lovely he's sort of hippie-ish boy, yeah, yeah. Californian boy. What, us misrepresenting people in caricature? I know, it's preposterous, isn't it? As if. Oh, look, a textual message from my low country's bomb buddy Max Verstappen. What? He has a nudie photo of Carmen Jorda? I must call him. Hello, Max Verstappen. Hi, Max. How's it hanging? Yeah, whatever. You have a totally sexy photo of Carmen Jorda? Can you send it to me? No, that's not possible. The boss says I'm already spending too much time on the phone. Off with all the Max, get over the phone! Let's go. Oh, Sphincter, I will never see the totally no-close pictures of Lady F1 drivers. Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn, Stoffel van Dorn, and his Grand Prix pawn. He's an F1 newbie, he won't get to see those boobies. Things aren't going well for Stoffel van Dorn.
I'm not the kind of person who thinks, oh, I should have done that, or I regret not having done that, or I wish I'd done that. I accept whatever I do is what happened, and that's fine. That's just how it was. That's cool. However, possibly for the first time in a while, I regretted a decision I made last week. I knew that the WEC was coming to Silverstone, and I went last year with number one son, Tycho, and we had a tremendous day. I've been for the last few years. It can be horrible in April. Actually, it'd be horrible in Silverstone in July, can't it? So, in April, the horizontal driving, hailstones, the potential of that happening put me off going, but I wish I'd gone because it was great weather on Sunday for the six hours of Silverstone. Yeah, after they got the snow out of the way on Saturday. Yes, <laughs> yes. Could you believe it? That's April for you, changeable. There's no guarantee, and for a six-hour race to get sunshine all the way through was unheard of. But in terms of regrets... I would imagine that the Audi team probably have regret as a result of them losing first place for winning that race. Yeah, well, they obviously did something wrong in their setup or the way they were running the car, because for anyone that hadn't seen the result, although an Audi crossed the finish line first, they were disqualified for having too much wear on the underbody plank. Which so, suggests that they're running too low a ride height for the conditions to, to allow them to finish with a plank that's legal or a rubbing block that's legal, yeah. I wonder whether they'd done something different this weekend because Audis were on the front row of the grid they took pole which I think was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people because mm. you know everyone was really expecting Porsche to take pole and you were yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yes and, uh, and so it was a bit of a surprise when Audi were first and second so yeah, maybe they changed some things this weekend that made them a little bit quicker but maybe a, a little bit too scuffier. quick yeah. a bit have scuffier you, have you seen the new R18 you've had a good look at it I've seen it how good a look do I need to have had it's it's an ugly-looking mother from the front, isn't it? It's not it? pretty. It's funny. No. Yeah. That's right, the first time I've ever said that about an Audi Le Mans car. They're always tremendously technical-looking things. But it's got this high nose and these aerodynamic management horizontal veins which sort of filter back from it. But when you look at it, it reminds me... Do you remember the orange arrows of about 2000, whenever it was, arrows running in orange colours. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that high nose that it had? It looks just like that. It's not a good look. But hey, a beautiful car is a winning car, isn't it? The 919, do we say 919 or 919? 919. 919. 919. Yeah. 919. Now that's pretty, the front end of that. Have you seen? In a fairly brutal kind of way, yeah. But I think the Toyota might be the best looking of those three P1 cars. I think in terms of the lines, the looks of the car, I think I like the Toyota the best. Check the wheels on the Toyota. They're unlike anything else I've seen in WEC in recent years. They're very American. You know the way indie cars always have really shiny wheels? Mm. It's got this sort of almost chromed wheel look. It looks like a Mattel Hot Wheels, hmm. the car. It's noticeable. Mm. Like, those wheels, they're like toy wheels. And it makes the car look good. And also at the front, the sheer verticality. Is that a word? Yeah. Verticalicity-ness. Thank you. Verticalicity-ness-ness of the lights make it look like a really aggressive car. It's like some sort of sumo wrestler running at you with two kind of fists, fists out. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. good look. And, of course, it's called Gazoo Racing now. 
so it gets my stamp. I think maybe I've put my money in LMP1 on, on Toyota, Toyota now, yeah, because yeah, it's Gazoo Racing. For the whole it. season, or for just for Le Mans? Or? I think they'll do Spa, won't they? And I think they'll do better at Le Mans than they have. They won't win Le Mans. I think it's still down to Audi or Porsche, and I've put my money on Porsche. Mm. But mm. they've made some huge changes to the car, haven't they? They've done away with the supercapacitors and put old batteries in. Well, that's one of the things that's interesting about this year, that all three front-running P1 manufacturers are running batteries now. I liked it when there were different solutions. I mm. liked it when there was a flywheel in one car, there was a battery in another, there was a supercapacitor in another. The fact that they are all using batteries now suggests that really that is the smart way to do it. Yeah. They've been trying it out, they've been racing for a while, and that's the best way to do it. Do you remember that air hybrid idea that Peugeot toyed yeah, with? Yeah. Was it Peugeot or Citroen well, a couple of years ago? PSA thing. Yeah. Well, as well, in storing... Compressed air. Compressed, yeah, yeah. Storing the energy by compressing your air yeah. and then releasing that back in. That went away, didn't it? it never... Well, I don't know. Really? It always well, seemed like a bit of a Heath Robinson idea because mm-hmm. how much energy do you need to compress the air? I think mm-hmm. it's probably quite a bit, isn't it? Well, from my memory of gas cycles and gas laws... You run up against a problem that when you compress a gas and then let it expand again to recover the energy that you've put into compressing it, which in a sense is just like a spring, you compress it, you get the Mm. energy back. Depending on all kinds of conditions, temperature, pressure, yada, 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 some properties of the gas, you never get back 100%. Mm. You cannot get back 100%. And the difference between the 100% that you want to get back and what you actually get back is quite a lot worse compressing a gas and letting it expand again than with, I assume, putting it in a rechargeable battery and getting it back. You know, well, I just remember looking at that there's, compressed there's, there's an energy loss in the cycle. Yeah, it, just it, lot, but also just having to put that much energy into just the compressing it, surely, is well, just incredibly I'm, sort of intensive. You could have put that energy directly to the wheels to get the same effect, if you follow me. Yeah, I thought, well, there's also possibly a problem that if you compress very high-pressure gas in a bottle, is kind of explosive you know mm. you, you, you've got something that's ready to explode mm-hmm. there and it's not unknown for race cars to get a bit of a knock oh, well this is a road car thing uh, because yeah, well, I think what... it's because they wanted the Citroen C3 to be the only car in its class to have an onboard soda stream <laughs> okay, well, is it now? This is sounding like, like a bad yeah. idea. Okay, yeah. Yeah, get but... busy with the fizzy. Mm, the mm. thing is, I did look at that PSA thing, and I was thinking, well, no one else is doing that. So either they're really ahead of their time, or B, it's a bad idea. Mm. And I think it's B. It's probably a bad idea. Well, I was just thinking, if it can be applied for road cars, perhaps Peugeot should think about coming back into endurance racing with uh, the Soda oh. Street Model 909. Yeah, yeah although, of course, the recent endurance racing history of of companies coming in with a radically different solution to what the other manufacturers mm-hmm. are doing doesn't bode well. So True. Probably, True. yeah. Like, if it works, do what the other people are doing. One of the things that I took away from this weekend's race was I'm very happy to see that Toyota, Porsche and Audi are looking pretty much for muchness. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, close. You know, they're going to be really racing each other for the whole of the year, I think. It bodes well for a good scrap at Le Mans. Plus, a good turnout by the four GTs in the six hours of Silverstone. I think Marino Franchitti's car was fourth in GTE in its class, which is pretty good. They're probably yeah, not well, going to win. I'm sure they'll pick up some pace by June. Yep. Whether it'll be enough to win, who knows. I'm sure that's what they're hoping to do. They're not 
coming back to Le Mans 50 years after their first win to, to not win. win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> they, they want to win. It's a tough ask, as we know it's the hardest race in the world to win, isn't it? Perhaps apart from the Dakar. Yeah, that's probably slightly harder. But watching the WEC, I found it really entertaining. You know, I love Formula One. It's over in a flash, so all the entertainment is compressed allegedly, into an hour and a half, where you've got six hours of the WEC, and you get sort of stuff going on, ebbing and flowing, that sense of, oh my God, you know, the chase is on at the end, all that kind of thing, and it goes on much longer. But what I enjoyed most about the WEC was watching the cars teeter on the corners, diagonal teetering, front to rear, so front left, to rear right or front right to rear left as they come out of the corners they're all teaching not just the GTEs but the LMP1s as well not the LMP2s as far as I could tell they seem to be rigid you know but the lovely old Vantage waffling around that sense of it struggling to get all that power and pace under control and even the big LMP1 cars which are big cars aren't they they really are compared to Formula 1 cars it adds to the drama and the trouble with Formula 1 is they've got it all so under control at the moment it doesn't look dramatic you know what I mean they're managing those oscillations they're managing those variables so well managing tyres and managing Mm. fuel use yeah there's something in that you'd like to have the feeling that drivers were spending more of their time absolutely pushing the cars as hard as they can and we're not seeing quite enough of that in F1 at the moment I will leave you with this one thought that the best thing at the WEC this year was an interview that my old sparring partner Louise Beckett did with Roman Dumas have you heard Roman Dumas being interviewed he's a lovely man I have never heard anybody's voice sound more like someone blowing bubbles through oil in my life I will leave you with that thought. Next time you hear Roman Dumas being interviewed, close your eyes and it will sound like someone with a straw blowing into some Duckham's 2040. It's a beautiful sound. And you've been listening to the equally beautiful sound of Zog. Goodbye. The gorgeous and tall sound of Richard. Goodbye. And the middling sound of me, Gareth. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Ah, hello, Mr. Dennis. I am just getting comfortable in my car. I require a cessation of your efforts, driver unit 3A. I have revised information that I must upload to your cranial cognition unit. Driver unit 1 has egressed from his suboptimal health state and will operate the vehicle for the Sino Grand Prix event. What? Fernando's hurty ribs are better, and he's driving in the Chinese race. That is right. No more looking faster than me. Get out! Oh, vast difference! Stoffel Van Dorn, Stoffel Van Dorn, Stoffel Van Dorn has not been drawn. Went all the way to Shanghai, Alonso told him bye-bye. Things aren't going well for Stoffel Van Dorn. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>